What's going on, good people? Sauce Talk is back. Monday Night Football went down. Tuesday Night Football went down. Thought both of those games were going to be... Well, I thought the Patriots were going to play on Monday as well, but that game got postponed. So it was the uh, Saints-Chargers Monday Night Football. And last night we had the Buffalo Bills going against the Tennessee Titans on Tuesday night, which odd night for NFL football. We've seen college football be um, on a Tuesday. I've seen a number one team get beat on a Tuesday. I believe that was, uh, it was back in like 09 or 10, 2010, something like that. But anyway. Nonetheless, we saw good football. I mean, nothing to sit there and say, oh, it was boring or da-da-da-da-da. It was good football on both nights. I um, still want to say congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers. Still happy over that. Leading the championship, you know what I'm saying? Winning the NBA. The greatest trophy next to, I feel... The Stanley Cup, like I said, the Stanley Cup, that's a hell of a trophy, man. But the uh, Larry O'Brien trophy, it's a, it's a, it's a hell of a, it's a hell of an honor to win that, that golden basketball. And then LeBron James with the Finals MVP, with his fourth Finals MVP, four MVPs, four Finals MVPs. Only person that's done that was Michael Jordan. Um, real quick, I want to say before I jump into the game, Tyrod Taylor, tough break. I was I talked about it a few episodes ago his situation what happened but it's just a tough break because i i'm a been a fan of tyrod taylor ever since virginia tech i'm a miami university fan virginia tech has always been kind of like a rival but i've always still just like like tyrod was like even when tyrod beat miami i was just like damn man i'm not even mad like it just I'm not even mad i remember it was a rain game we we were not the miami team that we supposed to be in and he just ran us through the mud, man. I mean, like, he had himself a hell of a game. And I've always been a fan of Tyrod Taylor. You know, came from Virginia, you know, had a Vic swag. He looked up to Michael Vic, looked up to my Allen Iverson. Um, just had all that and just, and, and, and just stayed to himself in a sense of saying, like, he stayed secure enough to where he was a backup for the Baltimore Ravens. So he got an opportunity to show the flash of something where, like, hey, he could be a starter. He's shown to be a backup. He gets a chance. He don't turn the ball over. And and one of the crazy things happens with that is that with comes with his college success. It wasn't grand. He didn't get no national championships. He didn't. He wasn't leading in no Heisman voting. But he was just always solid. Tyrod Taylor. But the thing, the the fact of the matter is, is that Tyrod Taylor. Is I would say he he is he is certified 
in that in that in that area of, in that state of Virginia, man. Like it just like he is he is like bona fide legend. Like to go from like from high school to college, NFL, and the dude he do, man. Like he don't have, like nobody can't say nothing to him in that state. There's a lot of black quarterbacks can't say nothing about him. Not a lot of black quarterback naysayers can say anything about Tyrod Taylor. My point is, is that if Tyrod Taylor does not take another down in the NFL, I feel that with the shortcomings of whatever happened in his career, I feel that he he, he made it. He did it. But to not being able to just continue as a starter, some things goes on him, some things goes on just blunder, weirdness, and bad coaching. Tyrod Taylor at Baltimore could have worked. You know, something could have happened. He got injured. One of the craziest things. Running to the sideline, hurt his knee, slowed him down. They had to take him out. Comes back. It's a little gun shy, holding on to the ball, throwing the ball away. Um, and, you know, saying to where the electric plays wasn't happening anymore. Goes to Buffalo, some electric starts happening because you got Goodwin, you got guys that go down the field, man. You had you had so much. You had I think Robert Woods, you had Robert Woods, you had Goodwin, and you had uh, um, at least somebody that you can throw to down the field to make a, a, a contribution instead of you know what they had whenever they get McDermott, and then McDermott says, "Well, we're going to go and trade these guys, Robert Woods." Not Robert Woods, uh, uh, Marquise Lee. It was Marquise Lee or Robert Woods? I think it was Robert Woods. They traded him, traded Goodwin to San Fran. Robert Woods goes to the Rams. And Goodwin goes to the 49ers. They bring in Kelvin Benjamin. I think... Their tight end position wasn't, wasn't all that great. I think they had Clay, but Clay was kind of seen a little longer than two. I'm just trying to imagine that team what it was and what the changes were made to where that electric play stopped happening. But they were still managing to win games. But then McDermott said fit to where he wanted to put Nathan Peterman in the game and sabotage the Bills and not make the playoffs. Urged to put Tyrod back in. They make the playoffs. I think a, the worst coach playoff game ever was by McDermott. Because if you look at the play calling and things that's happening now, come on. You can't tell me that weirdness and sabotaging this and bad coaching didn't come together in, as one in that situation. I mean, he gave him no chance at all. Like, like the whole, it was like a whole half of football. This man didn't have a completion. And it was just like the play calling. You got to go back and watch the film. Watch that whole game because I was like, I want to see how McDermott calls this game. It was, it was just, it was weird, man. It was weird. Nobody wanted this person. Boom goes from there. Goes to Cleveland. Okay, Hugh Jackson. Wanted Tyrod Taylor. Wanted Tyrod Taylor to be the starter quarterback for his team. 
the Browns was elected with the first pick of the draft. Baker Mayfield becomes a high prospect in that. Cleveland takes Baker Mayfield. Could have took somebody else. They could have believed. They could have believed in Tyrod and took somebody else in that in that draft. Somebody very good. Along with when they got Denzel Ward, they could have got so many other players. They took Baker Mayfield, the first pick of the draft, and Tyrod Taylor instantly just knew, damn, if Nathan Peterman, if Nathan Peterman you come in and take my spot in the middle of the season. Hell, I can't. If I throw a pick, I'm done. If I throw a pick, I'm through. First game, too conservative. No chunk plays. One chunk play to Josh Gordon. They almost win the game. Weirdness started happening. But it came from him this time. That's why I'm saying it's both sides. But it's the conservativeness to not wanting to be benched. It's in his head. He started from the bench. Don't want to go back there. But you got to make plays. You got to push it. You got to go, Tyrod. But then you got the other side, the injury, the the, the gunshotness, the twitch, the flinch. Because when he hurt the knee, he started taking other hits. He's not a big guy. Who's to say his pain threshold is not the same as a you know, a tougher person. He flinches. So then you got that. So now you got a mobile quarterback, undersized, ball gets tipped at the line, but now he's flinching and and twitching and not being able to throw the ball down the field effectively. Whoa. You know? So, this this is what I'm saying. This is all of what I'm trying to say right now. Is that this man made it. He made it. Tyrod Taylor made it. It's just that it could not take off because of unfortunate events. And it happens, man. And it's, and it's horrible. But I I just wish him the best, and it's just like when you get to San Diego, when you get to San Diego, then they turn to L.A. and then you know you got another chance. You you playing back up to Phillip Rivers, you waiting. Phillip Rivers now going to uh, Colts. We're like okay, here's another opportunity. Draft time comes up. There's three quarterbacks in this draft that are highly mentioned: Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert Well that's say two that's 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 pretty much the the gist of the of the say top two. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, 
were the guys at the quarterback position coming in. They were the guys. Yeah, you had Jake Fromm, but further down the line. Yeah, you had Jalen Hurts further down the line. But really, you had... Well, you had Tua. You had Tua. Tua rose after the rehab... You know, the the see the thing about Tua Tua was like I would say you it was kinda of, that's kinda of, that's kinda of strong to say force, but it's like they wanted a real good workout video. And that one in that in that little facility where it was him and a couple other people and he was throwing the football, that saved his life. That saved Tua. Tua was gonna be a second rounder. Tua Tagovailoa was gonna be a second, third Maybe maybe third round quarterback. Take it. That video took him to be a first round selection. Justin Herbert was the next thing being talked to other than Joe Burrow. Tua jumped over Herbert because of that video. Because Herbert showed a little bit of Josh Rosen. And something that I said last year about Josh Rosen that I knew he didn't have, people saw that in Justin Herbert. They saw, okay, Pac-12 guy, Oregon, set kind of offense. You know, we don't know what you can really get from a guy like this, but, you know, it was some things we could like, he can throw it. The guy can throw it. You know, he can run a little bit too. He's young. He's has he's full of fun. But does he love football? You know, does he really love football? Is it a kid that's, like, really driven to play football? And and lo and behold, we know what happens to Tyrod Taylor, and he gets selected by the Chargers, and Tyrod is still the guy. Everybody's saying Lynn, and he's still the guy. He's going to start. He starts game two. He gets hurt with his ribs. He's getting the, he's getting a procedure. Boom. Here comes Justin Herbert, and now Tyrod Taylor is still – on the bench, just like when he started. And I just feel so bad, but it's like Justin Herbert, man, the guy's got a freaking cannon arm, and he hung with Drew Brees. But I want to know, what is up with the defense in the second half? I understand that there's some three announcements that may have occurred, but your team is putting up points. It's make or break time. You're killing it. They had the Chiefs. Okay. But you give up that play to Tyreek Hill. You let Patrick Mahomes run on a third and 15. Up the middle. And now, last night, you let Drew Brees. To where I feel like his velocity, he's not throwing down the field like that. You let him just nickel and dime you down the field when you have guys that can minimize that. This defense ain't no punk. That's why I said whoever went to go quarterback for the Chargers, meaning if Cam would have went there, I'm not going to mention Andy Dalton. If Kaepernick went there. His cat, the dog already went to the Cowboys. If 
Jameis would have went there. Because, you know, that was all the talk. Herbert is in that spot. His team is not bad. Okay? They were hanging in there with good teams last year. If you're putting up points like that, you got to do something. And Alex Lynn, I mean, like, what is going on? Like, you can't collapse like this and, you know what I'm saying, like, I mean, like, come on. Put a foot in the throat. Beat the Saints. Buccaneers, you're up 24 to 7. You're kicking Tom Brady's ass. Five touchdowns later, four, because he already uh, Tom Brady already scored the first touchdown in the first quarter. But four touchdowns later, how? Where? I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's like this team is really fun to watch. Um, Austin Eckler goes down. Justin Jackson comes up. He's making plays. I've seen him make plays last year. Mike Williams is leaving his body out there to freaking hang, man. He's like, if I if I if I don't if I can't play football after tonight, so be it. He is putting everything out there. Keenan Allen making circus grabs like he did against Tampa Bay. Uh, he's he's sitting there, you know, running great routes. Hunter Henry, forget about it. It's looking like you're getting time to throw the football. Forget about it. You're athletic. You can get outside the pocket. They're making plays, man. Okay. They were making plays. It was 6-3 to three in the first quarter. 14 points later, it was ass-kicking time. New Orleans scores a touchdown. You can't, you can't let, you know, the thing is about Alvin Kamara, he's such a good football player, but you, you have to watch that man nonstop. You can't, on a third, look, they were confident enough in the fourth quarter, shotgun, third down, Run a freaking a run play with Alvin Kamara, and it got the first. That's embarrassing. That was embarrassing. And then he runs a wheel route and turns into a wide receiver. Tell me another running back that can do something like that. Who? Not Zeke, not Derrick Henry. Saquon, maybe. But Alvin Kamara, Jesus. Drew Brees is being saved by him. His pass rating was 87. He got his ass whooped last night. Two every Monday night. He got his ass whooped by Justin Herbert, man. You got to keep making plays. You got to pick, but you got to get sacks. They were so close in the fourth quarter with with 
game-winning sacks. They were so close, and he got the the passes off. Man, Ladarius Murray, Latavius Murray making plays, um, letting um, 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 Emmanuel Sanders just be everywhere at that point in time because they were. I mean, they weren't doing nothing. They had ten first half points. They only had three third quarter, third quarter points. And the fourth quarter was game time. Y'all was not ready for what? God off a reason. Because you weren't ready in the fourth quarter against the Bucks. And you weren't ready in the fourth quarter against the Bengals. I mean, uh, not against the Bengals, against the, um, ah, shit. One of the Colts. It's just sad whenever you see talent like this. Because like I said, I, that's why I said what I said about Tyler Taylor. I would be sitting there going like, damn, man, it's be Tyrod Jarrett. They're sitting there losing these games. It's the defense's fault. Justin Herbert got a fun and gun. That arm is alive. It's better than Tyrod Taylor. Kansas City, yeah, Kansas City. In Carolina, yeah, Carolina. I mean, the Carolina game. The defense just can't hold on. Well, in that game... I would say more so is that the offense just had a just had a real slow start. The Carolina defense actually plays a lot more raunchier than what people may would have thought in the offseason. I didn't think that they were gonna be this. I knew Dante Jackson was a beast, but losing a lot in the linebacker area, um, you know, said some players got a little soft, a little older. Uh, I didn't think Carolina's defense would be as raunchy as it is. I didn't see that. Because it, it showed proof, you know, um, every every week, you know, saying that their defense means something. Sometimes their offense came up short um, in Tampa Bay. Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, you know. Uh, those are the things where I, I, I noticed, you know, saying that where it was like against the Raiders. I said, Carolina's defense is really, really good. Like, if they can run the football, if they get first downs, they can do what they do on defense, and they could be positive from Matt Rule. So what they got going could actually be something. And, and where the game went against the Chargers, I felt, you know, saying Herbert got, you know, came down a notch because that was off of the, coming off of that game against Kansas City where he almost beat uh, Patrick Mahomes. This game right here was more on Teddy Bridgewater to come in there and say, hey, I'm going to play a more control game, kind of how I did with whenever Drew Brees went down 22-28. And that's where I would say more so did not to blame the defense on the Chargers where it just was a humbling game for Justin Herbert to be like, pump your brakes a little bit, little young fella. Pump your brakes a little bit. But I would say that the Chargers should be at least two and two and two or three and two. They should be three and two. Only two losses legitimately that they should have is against the uh, 
Really? I mean, honest to God, seriously, they should be 4-1, man. They should be 4-1. Cause the only legit loss that they really got is against the Car- uh, Car- Carolina Panthers. They should have beat they should have beat the Bengals. They got they beat the Bengals. They should have beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They should have beat the Saints Monday night. And they should have beat the Buccaneers. So really the only legit loss that I can really say today is the Carolina Panthers. Bucks, Saints, Chiefs got lucky, man. They got real lucky. Real lucky. I just want to talk about Saints defense real quick. For them to be able to, the least I can say, look at look look at the situation. And go, hey, that's locked down at least now, man, because that's where it became to where the defense couldn't stop Saints, but the Saints defense said, hey, enough's enough. Enough is enough. Let's put some clamps down. And you know, go ahead and and, and and let's play in this in this small span. From from that point on, from from Mike Williams uh touchdown, they since then it made the proper plays. Marshawn Lattimore with the tackle on Mike Williams. But you can also put some blame on the kicker of the Chargers, man. That's what I'm saying, man. The Saints got so lucky. I cannot definitively give them that win, man, other than saying good tackle, Lattimore. Alvin Kamara's a beast. And that's your storyline. And oh, Emmanuel Sanders was just there. You know? But just the Chargers blew that game, man. The kicker missing the kicks. The extra point. Then the field goal, they should have won the game. Would have put the game out of reach. Because they wouldn't have got down there. They wouldn't have got down there to, to uh to the, the it. I'm telling you, man, the Chargers are a really good team. And, and going forward, Justin Herbert's a good decision. Um, but, you know, the Saints got lucky. They're 3-2 and two, um, along, with the, along with the Panthers. So the, the NFC South is getting, it's getting interesting. Way better than the NFC East, you know, as far as interest. Um, um, the NFC West, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, the AFC West is drawing some interest with, Oakland, uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders beating the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chargers, like I said, we should be in that mix somewhere in that. And the Broncos, of course, is struggling. But I would say right now, the uh, NFC South, you know, they're doing big things because you know the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ain't going away. They gotta, they gotta clear up some penalty issues, and then you know, saying we'll see if we go from there. Some good football Monday night. Then Tuesday night we have uh, Tennessee versus the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. Undefeated Tennessee Titans, undefeated, big matchup. Couldn't this better not have been postponed to further ahead of the, the season. So it had to happen Tuesday night. Derrick Henry going against Singletary, Josh Allen going against Ryan Tannehill. And we saw, you know, I, from from what I from what I could tell. The preparation for this game, I felt like 
teams, both teams had time. Um, Tennessee hasn't um, played. I think they were supposed to play what they were supposed to play the Patriots. And yeah, they they haven't they haven't they haven't played. So like, like this right here would probably say their preparation was probably more on the on the better side than the Buffalo Bills with the Buffalo Bills. You know, I I know that they played that they didn't play Sunday, but they didn't they play um they they've already played one Thursday night game, if I'm not mistaken. They played one Thursday night game. And they played a I don't know, I can't make no excuses for them. They both were they both were prepared. I would say Tennessee just taking less of the hits and things of that nature. They they had a they had more of a furlough. But Tennessee to me looked more fresh. Uh Tannehill looked real electric, man. He was having some fun out there. Derrick Henry was hard to bring down. Um, you know, T.J. Yeldon was getting you know saying I haven't I haven't heard T, I haven't heard T.J. Yeldon's name since the Jaguars. <laughs> and so that's why I was just saying like it was it was like you know Stephon Diggs man he was he was all over the place. But yeah, I was you know I was hearing T.J. Yeldon's name a lot, and um, that was that was crazy. But Ryan Tannehill went 21 of 28 of 195 three touchdowns with a 129 QBR. That's perfect for him because he could throw 28 dink and dunks and get that with Derrick Henry and what that offense details, what that defense might get him in short field, uh, turn over here or there, whatever. They might score for him. You know, this defense is really good. Clowning and um, Harry Landry coming off the edges. You got Malcolm Butler with uh, Casey Hayward. You got just, uh, you just got so much, man. Like, they're scary. They're really scary. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's one of those, it's one of those defense where they remind me of more of how Baltimore was with, uh, not I mean, uh, uh, back, I, I would say back when, the steel curtain, you know, saying like that that type of defense where they just got guys where they don't have like you got you got your you know the David McClowney got names like that, um, but it's just like they're like the unit, the unit like the Buccaneers, man. You know, you had some defenses might have that one bright name, uh, you know, or just or just like that one Clay Matthews that 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 you know has got some good players around them, or that that defense has got. You know how back when with Revis at the Jets, you know, saying you had Revis and you didn't have Revis Allen, but you have so much of talent and versatility on this defense that can stop so much the run, the short pass, the the, the in between. Because if you have we're in the zone, you saw Malcolm Butler with the interception. You can stop things with man coverage. You know, what I'm saying you got guys that can do that as well. Adoree Jackson. And, and 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 their safeties are on they were on kill mode. They got things to where a team like Buffalo, who makes plays, they make big time plays. And they did play Sunday. Well, I'm, I'm tripping. They did play Sunday. 
Um, Stephon Diggs made the one of the biggest plays. That's that right there is that's that's I mean like that that is something to, to stifle them. Did they play something? I'm tripping, man. Like I'm, I'm I'm sitting there like I'm I'm like yeah they did they did. Josh Allen did not have a good game, and you cannot just say he just came out there and just didn't have it. You know, Tennessee made him not have a good game. 77 passer rating, 26-41, 263, two touchdowns, two interceptions. The one to Malcolm Butler, I, I mean, it was just like, that was just a good disguise. Or it just like, I, he just did not see him. And that's what that's what I mean, versatility, being aware and ready for those situations. Malcolm Butler, a lot of times, get beat on man. He can get smoked. But he is so perfect in that type of zone coverage where those are his moments. He can take it back to the crib. He damn near did. I thought Josh Allen made about three good throws. Two of them made me think that he has a stronger arm than Patrick Mahomes. Like a strong meaning like throwing it further. Hard velocity. Um, like just strong arm, stronger Patrick Mahomes has the better arm. Patrick Mahomes has the the whip. He has the 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 uh, accuracy. He has the the ability to put the ball in places where his guys can. You know, it's just like he puts. He's the better thrower of the football. But I look at Josh Allen as like more of a Brett Favre breaking freaking finger type deal. Like break your finger. That's Josh Allen. Like he like it was third and fifteen, I think it was second quarter. He was on the run and threw a pass that was so freaking fat. It was a laser. It made people stop. And it just went in a in number eighteen's hand. Like it was like it just it just was like Everybody stopped. The TJ Yeldon touchdown pass where he was on the run. It was like, what the hell was that, man? It was like you can hear the ball. Like it, like okay. X Men when the uh, on Days of Future Past, or you can think of uh, 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 the scene on uh, Apocalypse when the house was blowing up, when Quicksilver came and and everything stopped and he did all that shit fast. That's how fast that ball was going. It just looked like everybody just was froze and it just stuck to T J Yoda. T J Yoda ain't no wide receiver. That ball, it, it stuck to him. It went past four freaking Tennessee Titans, man. They was like, man, I didn't even see that ball. That was a laser, a stinking laser, man. That third and 15th throw and that one throw and that one laser he threw to Stephon Diggs on the out route. I said, man, he just got stronger arm. He's got a stronger arm than Patrick Mahomes. If they did have a competition to throw see who throw the first, I would want, I would pay money to see that. Because I or they need to do two parts. They need to have somebody like twenty yards out. It's like or have a target twenty yards out to throw a laser and see the velocity, see how like the miles per hour of the throw, to see who could throw the hardest, and then see who could throw the throw the furthest. I think Josh Allen would win on the velocity, like the the the, the actual pure strength of a throw. More than throwing it further, I think. I think Patrick Mahomes has a beautiful angle. His release, 
things, he might actually throw it further than Patrick Mahomes where Josh Allen would try to really grunt and just be like, you know, try to launch it out there. I think Patrick Mahomes has the ability to know how to make a ball sail further. I think he just knows that. Like, he knows how to make a ball go. And I think baseball goes a long way with that. But I, I, Josh Allen just didn't have it last night. He has, he had Stephon Diggs. He had Knox on a couple of plays. But as a unit, they just, they weren't all clicked in. They weren't all ready. Tennessee was ready. Defense was ready. They were scoring points. They was getting uh, turnovers. They were putting Tennessee in short fields. Derrick Henry had 50 yards, but had two touchdowns. You know, Brian um, um, Tannehill had a rushing touchdown. Ryan Tannehill was showing speed. Ryan Tannehill had more rushing yards than than Derrick Henry them there. I mean, they just had fun playing good, you know, ground football like they do, and the defense is going to do what they do. They're going to make the quarterback feel always on the run with pressure. And that's what they do all the time. They're really good at that. Really good at that. Really good undefeated team. Um, I can't wait to them to Pittsburgh play. That's one game I cannot wait to see. I cannot wait to see them in Pittsburgh play. Cannot wait to see them in Pittsburgh play. Pittsburgh is really good, man. Chase Claypool, man. Chase Claypool, like I said, that guy is... He is something else, man. He is something else. Like I said on Monday... I six foot four, runs a four three. Where they find him? <laughs> Where they find him? Cause it's it's just he is just ridiculously fast, and he is like he can go up and get it, or he can play the slants and, and get elusive. So it's not like he can he he is special, man. He's special. Chase Claypool, man. Just wonder if he can get loose on that Tennessee defense. And everybody, you know, like I said, people sitting there talking about how tough Indianapolis defense is. Ah, ah, ah. Tennessee's defense, man. They're really good. Really good. They're both really good, but. Mm. Tennessee might got them on that. They might got them on that, man. We got more COVID 19 cases going on, man. Um. Florida, University of Florida, they're putting pauses on uh, team activities due to a spike. Oh, man. Baylor got 28 total COVID-19 cases. 28. And that's among players. You feel me? That sucks. 28 players, not staff. I'm a 28 players. Um. Wow, you know, whew. This is a hearing that the Saints are thinking about moving their home games to the LSU field so fans can attend. Shit, like, come on, man. <laughs> they they're really uh, y'all thrive in a, in that dome. Y'all won because of that damn dome. Hell, y'all don't even need fans in there. Y'all just need the dome. Y'all don't even need fans, and they can help y'all win for some reason, man. I don't know how the Chargers lost that damn game, man. I still just cannot believe y'all let Drew Brees sneak out of there. We're going to talk some college football. 
I didn't get to go, for, you know, for my little my little rap. Like I said, I congratulated a few teams. I graduated a few teams. I wanted to congratulate a couple more, and then I wanted to close on a on a subject of basketball, but also. Bigger news than that coming up this weekend. Anyway, Florida with their new cases of COVID-19 already takes a studying loss to Texas A&M. I already mentioned that. Georgia is now looking like that suiting, that, 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 that fitting team. It's suitable. There we go. I can use that word still. It's suitable enough to beat Alabama, since Ole Miss can take a pretty good crack at them. They got out of there by the hair of their chinny chin chin. I don't think Auburn can beat Alabama, but that rivalry brings something special. So Georgia looks like a team scary enough to can do it. That defense is god awful, man. It just it is awfully scary. I'm not gonna say god awful. That team, that that defense is just like, it is like, you you can't do nothing really, man. You know what I'm saying? You can't do nothing on that defense. And it's and it's got some one of one of my favorite players on that defense. Monty Rice. Hell of a football player. Man could just he he could he could do a lot of stuff in the NFL when his name get called. I mean, you know you could say if Cause you know you got injury, but this kid, man, six foot one, two thirty five, Monty Rice. He's one of my, one of my favorite, one of my favorite defensive players out here. Patrick are ten second. Of course. Roche and uh, Romano from Miami, even though they let me down, forty-two to seventeen against Clemson. You know, I and still, when you look at when Miami steps up and plays big time competition compared to what it was back in the early two thousands and 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 in the nineties and in the eighties, where we was really dominating. I hope people understand that Miami may never get back to that point because the popularity shift. We may not never get that back. 
And thanks to a couple of factors is the reason. Shapiro and um, Larry Coker just brought in a god-awful culture. It made us be a team that was not built built on succeed on, on on success. It was built on uh It was built on like man like you don't understand like when 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 Schnellenberger came in and took over that team and brought in those inner city kids and and was, you know, getting them in there to play football and we started winning football games and then comes Jimmy Johnson and Jimmy Johnson brings in with his philosophy with the inner city kids and we kept on winning football games and we had a swagger. It was a identity. It was a ability to come onto a football field and a team could be flat out better. But we can make those better players, kind of like how, say, for example, Michigan when they went against Duke, uh, 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 UNLV when they went against Duke. You know, like, like the swagger outweighed the talent to where we had talent, of course, but the swagger outweighed the talent that, that say, that a Notre Dame had or Oklahoma or Texas or, you know, Florida State. We had that swagger way better. Uncle Luke, the trick daddy, backing us. Miami, the city, backing us. It's not the same. Now we got Adidas. We used to be Nike. It was the Orange Bowl. Orange Bowl's gone. Now we Adidas. We got a new... It's just different, and I don't think it would ever come back. But it all happened with... Larry Coker taking over for Bush Davis. Bush Davis having his issues and then going to the NFL, trying to run away from the issues that he left with us. Gathered by Shapiro. Coker comes in, runs a shit show. We got players shooting at each other and shit. Not at each other, but at people. They're getting shot, killed. Don't know what kind of situation that is happening, but then we get the death penalty almost. You know, like that was a killer. So it just, it makes it real bad, you know what I'm saying, to, to get back on that plateau to be really good. And the only really good skill players we're getting now are defensive players that are good in drafts. We're not good enough to win the championships. We're not getting the top quarterbacks no more. We're not getting the top running backs no more. We're not getting the top wide receivers anymore. That really took us over. Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, Santana Mosses, Willis McGahees, Edwin James, Clinton Portis, Frank Gores. We're not getting those no more. We're not getting the intro roles, the Sean Taylors. We're not getting the Ed Reeds. We're not getting the Dan Morgans, the the, the Jerome McDougals, the Warren Saps. We're not getting those types of players. We're not getting the Jonathan Vilmas. We're not getting those players. Every so often we get those players with defense. Uh, you know, I, I would give a credit to what credit's due on, on certain on certain players. You know, Denzel Hightower. Uh, uh, um, uh, not, I mean, Denzel Perryman. Sorry, Denzel Perryman. Uh, uh, I'm gonna give uh, props to, uh, like I said, Roche, Romano. They're gonna be good coming out of this draft. I give props to um, uh, Howard. Uh, uh, I give uh, former corner that used to play for us. I give props to Bandy. 
I give props to. Uh, I think I think there's a kid out there that needs to be on the NFL football team. Michael Pickney that needs to be out there. He was real good. We've had good players, but we have not had. We've lost that mystique on the way. It happened. Um. Yeah. And now teams like North Carolina with Mac Brown gets that mistake and going to get that swagger. Look at their uniforms. Look at the players. Sam Howell, the rushing yards, man. Look at how they're running the football. and Look at how they're going to be. North Carolina, you know. It'll be a problem. It'll be a serious problem. Dabo Sweeney brings in the swagger. Look at them. Look how they kicked our ass. You know, Brian Kelly. Yeah, I give him credit in Notre Dame. He brings in the swagger, an expectation. They're going to float around the top five, top ten. They might not win at all, but look at them. Look at Florida and what they brought in with, um, shit, uh, Mullins. Look at what Kirby Smart did uh, with uh, Georgia, different from what uh, uh, Rick. They went to a national championship right away. You feel what I'm saying? Look at what what people was laughing at in the situation. I had to mention it. They said, man, it's bad things going on down in Texas and then with Jumbo, Jimbo Fish. Jimbo Fish, I kissed my ass. And they beat Florida. The difference, man. It's the difference things, man. It's like Ole Miss pushes Alabama. Who they got? Lane Kiffin. He's finally figured it out. You make an identity, you make a culture, you bring in players to pop, and then boom, you take off. If you fuck up, then you would be like Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> it's plain and simple, man. But now I'm gonna talk about what I wanted. What I wanted to talk about, man. It's fight week. We got Lomachenko going against. Um, Tiafima Lopez this weekend, ESPN, top rank going down. Hope people are pumped up for that. Vasily Lomachenko's been begging, been been begging, been begging for a challenge. People have been sitting there begging and begging for him to fight a challenge. Uh, you know, people have been saying, like, is he running from certain guys and playing the part of saying that he's taking on all challengers as, as it was all the way around? Tiafima Lopez has been calling out Lomachenko. He got his fight. Lomachenko to let, like he's taking less money. Like he is saying, look, I want to fight the best guy out there. If you the best, damn it, let's get it. Like, I want to fight the best of the best, right? Vasily Lomachenko is a top name in the lightweight division because of his amateur background. He's had probably almost like damn near 500 fights at amateurs. 
He hasn't even had 40 fights in pros. He hasn't even had over... I don't even think he's had over 25 fights as a pro. But here he is, a top name going against Teofimo Lopez, a youngster who has the grit, has the talent, has the speed, and has power. He has the ability to finish a person like Lomachenko who has been beaten by Salito, who was a pressure guy who was going to, you know, push you around a little bit. And he could be, he's been knocked down by a person that can bring a little bit of sting with his punches and Jorge Linares. So we, we've seen him face adversity, but we've seen him overcome adversity too. Interesting to say that with this matchup this weekend, this is the best boxing match since COVID. I think Tyson Fury Wilder was that before COVID. And that went how that went. And then after that, we had Tank versus Gamboa. That, you know, it wasn't, you know, I mean, come on. And I think we had, we had, you know, Tony Harrison and Charlo. Okay. You know, we had. Heard get beat by J Rock. Okay. We had a couple of fights mixing up, but this fight right here, this is worth getting some getting a six pack of beer and getting around the fellas and you know, the, you know what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, you know what I'm saying, like cause we can't, you know, can't be, you know, I don't know if ladies watch boxing too. So we know that this is a weekend where this is the fight to pay attention to. Vasily Lomachenko versus Tiafimo Lopez. Tiafimo Lopez has been up in the Barclays Center and lit it up. He could put you to sleep. Go look him up if you ain't knowing. Tiafimo Lopez versus Vasily Lomachenko, Lomachenko this weekend. Can't wait. It's been top rank. Can't wait, man. And like I said, we got Tank Davis going against... Um, Leo Santa Cruz. That's coming. It's going down. I mean, it's going down. But yeah, fight week. Be ready. Vasily Lomachenko, TFM Lopez. This is my episode. Sauce Talk. I'm out.